Taiwan Vice President Lai Qingde on Monday was spotted in Tokyo with Taiwan's representative to Japan. The two were seen entering the residence of former Prime Minister Abe Shinzo to pay their respects. As far as I know, Vice President Lai Qingde suddenly cancelled his schedule today and headed over to Tokyo to mourn former Prime Minister Abe and express his gratitude. I heard that last night, the Japanese government made its final decision to allow Lai Qingde to visit Japan. Japan values the private exchanges between Lai Qingde and Mr. Abe. In Japan, every day we see reports on the television showing that Taiwan is perhaps the country in the world that has shown the most concern for Mr. Abe's passing. Japan deeply regards the feelings of the Taiwanese public. According to reports, Lai has been deployed to Japan as a special envoy for President Tsai Ing-wen. He is the highest-ranking Taiwanese official to visit Japan in 50 years since Japan severed diplomatic ties with Taiwan in 1972. FTV sources say Lai will spend the night in Tokyo and is expected to attend Abe's funeral on Tuesday. The Taiwan-Japan relationship has been at a high point in recent years, much of which had to do with former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo. On Monday, President Tsai Ing-wen and Premier Su Tsang visited Japan's de facto embassy in Taiwan to pay respects to the former Japanese leader who was assassinated on Friday. Legislative Speaker Yoshikun was also there and lamented that Abe didn't have the chance to visit Taiwan's legislature. Following the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association on Monday held a memorial service in Taipei. President Tsai Ing-wen was in attendance to offer condolences and words of thanks for the former leader. Throughout recent years when Taiwan faced challenges including earthquakes and the pandemic, former Prime Minister Abe always extended a helping hand. In the international arena, he also spoke up for Taiwan and actively supported Taiwan's bid for international participation. The friendship and warmth of former Prime Minister Abe toward Taiwan will always remain in our hearts. In a memorial message, Tsai wrote that Abe was forever a good friend of Taiwan's. She thanked him for his contributions to Taiwan-Japan relations and to world democracy, freedom, human rights and peace. She had ordered all government agencies and schools to fly Taiwan's national flag at half-mast on Monday to commemorate Abe. Premier Su Jiantang was also on hand at the memorial to offer thanks to the former prime minister. I'm especially thankful that when Taiwan was most in need, when it was being pressured by China, former Prime Minister Abe always spoke up for Taiwan. He had promised to visit the legislative UN, but due to the pandemic he wasn't able to come sooner. Nobody could have imagined that due to these unfortunate circumstances he would not be able to make that visit happen. Reports say Tsai will appoint Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun and Taiwan-Japan Relations Association Chairman Su Jiaquan to attend a public memorial service for Abe to be held in Japan next month. Abe is widely considered to be one of Japan's more Taiwan-friendly leaders to date. Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association representative Izumi Hiroyasu recalled what Abe had said to him about the Taiwan-Japan relationship just before Izumi came to Taiwan in 2019. He said to me, Representative Izumi, 
You're going to Taiwan, are you? Japan and Taiwan have a special historical relationship. You must always consider the feelings of the Taiwanese people. Don't let them feel lonely. A message board outside the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association has been covered in messages from the public. Both Taiwanese and Japanese living in Taiwan have offered their condolences, showing how deeply they felt the contributions made by the former Japanese Prime Minister. Since Taiwan and Lithuania established representative offices in each other's capitals, trade between the two countries has been on the rise. Taiwanese businesses are eyeing lucrative opportunities to trade with the European country. Total bilateral trade value is expected to grow from 4.8 billion NT last year to 9 billion NT by the end of this year. Companies have begun importing Lithuanian chocolate and honey to the delight of Taiwanese buyers. Honey gathered in spring and autumn, colored brown and white respectively, and chocolate with different levels of cocoa. These are some of the food products being imported from Lithuania. One chocolate product has the flags of both countries on its packaging and combines Lithuanian chocolate with Taiwanese oolong tea, symbolizing the country's friendship. Taiwanese consumers can now find the product on department store shelves. What to do with Taiwan's fruit? Since China banned the import of Taiwanese pineapple in 2021, the hunt for new buyers has been a headache for farmers. The Council of Agriculture has set its sight on Japan and Singapore as potential customers, but this year it looks like they'll miss export targets by as much as 30%. We took a trip to the pineapple farms of Jiayi to meet a Japanese agriculture retailer who likes the look of Taiwan's harvest, but he says some changes are needed if Taiwan wants to woo Japan for real. A harvest of pineapples sits ripened in the field. Since China banned the import of Taiwanese pineapple, the COA has worked hard to find other export channels. Now Japanese agriculture retail giant FarmMind has sent its international manager Liu Lun to Jiayi to check out the pineapple farms here. I chose this moment to come to Taiwan particularly because the harvest season is about to end, but there's still fruit. I want to understand Taiwan's farming better, all the steps, from cultivating the seeds and seedlings to production management, inspection and packaging. We want to keep pushing improvement in production and preparing properly for what's coming. We are really optimistic about the future. In the past, Taiwanese pineapples were mostly grown and sold locally. Japanese merchants want to establish more industrialized processes to upgrade the pineapples sold to Japan and outcompete market rivals. The superior varieties plus the superiority in growing. Because probably we all know there are several countries growing golden diamond pineapples, but they don't produce the same flavor as those from Taiwan. I think they're perfect for short distance export. When they're very ripe, consumers will be really impressed by how delicious they are. The COA admits its original goal of exporting 30,000 tons of pineapple this year may not be feasible. However, with the farm prices of pineapple rising to 24.44 NT per kilogram, they are confident that farmers' rights can be protected. An updated version of Taiwan's college entrance exams kicked off on Monday. The new exam features fewer subjects than before, making it last just two days instead of three. For the first time, students with COVID are being allowed to sit the test at designated examination venues. 
standing outside, staff cheer for examinees. Monday was the first day of a new format of Taiwan's college entrance exam. It's the first edition of the admissions exam with separate subject tests. The exams will take place over the course of two days instead of three. There weren't any problems this morning when the students went in for the exam. The weather was quite hot, so there were some issues with students presenting high temperatures. But after resting for a bit, their temperatures went back to normal. Our school has a separate examination venue for students in home isolation. Currently, we only have one. The test is the last chance for students to get admitted to university. In a departure from previous years, students with COVID are allowed to sit the exams. This is the first time that students with mild symptoms or no symptoms can go and take the exams. There are 20 cities and counties where separate examination venues have been set up for students with COVID. All in all, 129 students with COVID have signed up to take the exams at designated examination venues in 14 cities and counties. 72 of them had signed up for the first exam, physics, and 68 of them ended up attending the exam. Other examination sites have been set up for students in home isolation and self-health management. For the physics exam, 32 designated examination venues were set up for 68 students. Previously, after students sat the general scholastic ability test earlier in the year, they had the opportunity to improve their scores in the advanced subjects test in summer. The updated exam no longer offers the subjects of Mandarin, English or Mathematics 1. That means that the exam doesn't last as long, but also that the students' scores in the GSAT will be their final scores in those three subjects. Health Minister Chen Shizhong on Monday headed to the DPP's headquarters in Taipei to attend the inauguration of a new head for the party's Taipei chapter. But the event felt more like a rally for the health minister, who was announced as the DPP mayoral candidate for Taipei on Sunday. Chen said he looked forward to learning from more seasoned members, adding that what he lacked in experience, he made up for in sincerity. DPP party members raised the party flag and shout election slogans. On Sunday, Health Minister Chen Shizhong was chosen as the party's nominee for Taipei City Mayor. One day later, he attended an inauguration at the party's Taipei chapter, which looked more like a rally for him. After all this time, you are finally taking the stage, right, Minister Ajong? Speaking loudly, DPP Secretary General Lin Xiao attempted to coax the seemingly shy Chen Shizhong out of his shell. On stage, Chen Shizhong loosened up and addressed the party with kind words. When it comes to elections, I am really a layman unlike the rest of you who have battled through many campaigns. However, what I lack in experience, I make up for in sincerity. That's how it is. I have no election experience, but I learn quickly. Whatever you guys have to teach me, I'm ready to listen. Chen Shizhong is touted as the DPP's most charismatic mayoral candidate since Chen Shui-bian was elected Taipei mayor in 1994. The party's city councillors say they can't wait to take election photos with the health minister. All of our candidates look forward to one thing, and this is different from what you see in the KMT. Our candidates look forward to Chen Shizhong's campaign photoshoot pictures. We should rent a studio and just let them all take as many pictures as they like. 
pictures of every style and from every angle. We can show the public how dynamic he is and how approachable he is. Not only among party veterans, but among newcomers as well, excitement is growing. Taipei City Councilor candidate Chen Shengwen says he plans to establish a joint campaign office with the health minister in his constituency. This is definitely a happy thing for us newcomers. The personality and image of the minister is such that he has never been a political figure who fights with words. Instead, he has devoted his time and energy to protecting the people of Taiwan. Being a minister who protects people will definitely be effective on the campaign trail. The DPP's campaign team has been busy supporting Chen Shih-chung as its Taipei mayoral candidate. Meanwhile, the party's other election candidates have been showing the same energy, posting photos taken with the health minister on their Facebook pages. We can win the mayoral election, and it will be won by our candidate, Health Minister Chen Shih-chung. Having this powerful figure in our fold brings us great happiness. We hope that everyone can rally behind him, that we can achieve victory in the mayoral elections, and that our city councillor candidates can hit a home run. With popular support rallied behind Chen Shih-chung as its mayoral nominee, the DPP is confident it can achieve victory in the race for Taipei. Its councillor candidates, too, are revved up and ready for battle. Taiwan reported just over 19,000 local COVID infections on Monday, the lowest daily case count in 69 days. Officials say the tally is likely low due to lower testing over the weekend. The CECC also confirmed that 86 imported COVID cases previously diagnosed had been infected by the BA4 and BA5 COVID subvariants. The BA5 subvariant was also confirmed in two local cases, both of them family members who had picked up a relative from the airport. The BA4 and BA5 subvariants are a bit more contagious than BA2. After August and September, the hot weather will cool down. That condition, which hinders the virus, will disappear. These two subvariants are a little bit like new strains. So the number of infections will go back up by a lot. So we can even expect daily caseloads above 50,000 or 60,000. The CECC has not yet announced a shortening of quarantine for travelers arriving from abroad. Doctors say that densely populated areas should prepare resources and be on guard for a possible surge in infection before next-generation vaccines become available. The Transportation Ministry will roll out a fresh set of domestic travel subsidies on Friday, and already tourist areas are reporting a surge in bookings. In a hot springs town in Tainan, resorts say bookings have gone up by 30 to 40 percent. At the nearby Jiangjun Fish Harbor, island hopping ferry operators say tourists seem to be finally coming back. The sweet sound of hot spring water filling up a bath. Guanziling in Tainan is famous for its clay-rich hot springs. Local resorts say the phone has been ringing off the hook recently. They ask about how to take advantage of the subsidies. We're about 30 to 40 percent booked now. The subsidies can be used on Sunday and Wednesday. The subsidies have prompted many travelers to book a trip to the area. Local food vendors say the crowds are coming back. Now, the number of diners has gone back to up over 50 percent. With COVID easing, willingness to travel has gone up, and hot spring towns are back in business. Tourists aren't just flocking to the mountains, but also to the coast. 
ferries connecting Jiangjun Fish Harbor in Tainan with Qimei Island in Penghu and the South Penghu Marine National Park are also a popular choice. There are about 100 people every day. There are ferries to the South Penghu Marine National Park on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday. It's a one-day trip on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. The ferry departs at 7.30 a.m. and comes back to Jiangjun Fish Harbor at 5.30 p.m. It takes just one hour and ten minutes to reach Penghu's Dongji Island from Jiangjun Fish Harbor. From there, the ferry continues on to Dongyuping Island and Qimei. It takes less time to travel this way than from Magong in Penghu. Tourists can then rent a scooter to tour the scenic paradise, with about one to three hours on each island. The ferry returns to Jiangjun Fish Harbor in the evening after a day of island hopping. The last two years have been tough for hospitality, but some scrappy restaurateurs have flourished. Today, we meet 28-year-old Ling Dijie. In just a few short years, he's gone from unemployed to owning four restaurants and making millions monthly. He hatched a plan with his mother after she lost her job. Mushrooms, asparagus, and bell peppers fry in the pan. A squid is stuffed with the mixture before it's all roasted in the oven together, then finished with a blowtorch to produce an unforgettable squid surprise. Pig's trotters sizzle in the pan before being roasted. The German pork knuckle is tender and juicy, but the skin is crispy and crunchy. This bistro in Taipei's East District is a cool 130 ping of space. Its driving force is 28-year-old founder Lin Di Jie. He completed the designs himself to keep costs down and manage the astronomical rent. In the early days, I did simple electrical work, and I did field observations for interior decorating. I went to some classes. So then when we were building these restaurants, we were able to use our own experience and complete the project. Just from the fees for designers and some professional export plans, we saved anything between 500,000 NT and 1 million NT. The rent alone is 280,000 NT a month. The longer construction goes on, the longer the wait for income. So Lin oversaw the construction and decoration single-handedly. You'd never guess that just six years ago, he was living at home with his mom, with nothing special going on. The turning point came when Lin saw how tough things were for his mother. I often went out drinking with my friends, drowning our sorrows, messing about. I'd be left with just a few hundred dollars in my bank account. Then my mum was laid off. She lost her job. I was living with my mum at that point. I felt like I wasn't able to support my mum financially. Then I got into the alcohol business and I worked hard to save up a bit of money. I decided to discuss it with my mum and we started a business together. Lynn was raised by a single mom. He got a wake-up call when she lost her job and began two new jobs to support the family. He mixed drinks in a nightclub and worked for a liquor distributor in just 18 months, saving up enough money to go into the restaurant business. With help from a patron and lots of hard work, he's now the joint owner of four eateries, making an average monthly turnover of 6 million NT. Opening restaurants in the pandemic gave him room to negotiate rents, he said. Now he's focused on building up his customer base. When COVID is over, he wants to expand to another city. And now we head to Pingdong to meet a company with a unique spin on the company trip. 
This construction company took all of their employees on the tour around Taiwan in special school-style uniforms. The employees say putting on their uniforms was like taking a trip down memory lane. The costumes reminded them of how they felt when they graduated from high school. This is one company where the young at heart feel right at home. A coach pulls gently into its destination. The boys getting off are all in khaki, and the girls are in white shirts with black pleated skirts. With their book bags and caps, they look just like a crowd of 18-year-olds on their high school graduation trip. Look closely, and you might see. These are no spring chickens. They graduated decades ago, but as employees of a construction company, they've donned these matching outfits for a special company summer holiday. Don't I look so young in this? I feel like I'm 18 again. Back in the days when I was chasing my girlfriend, just like the old days. The company's owner, Mr. Wu, only graduated from junior high. He had few opportunities to wear a uniform as a youth. Now that his business is thriving, he wanted to create another chance to enjoy that high school feeling. He had these uniforms tailor-made for all his employees so that everyone could take a trip in the time machine together. When I put it on, I felt like, oh my God, I've recovered how I felt when I was 17, 18. I'm as young as I was when I was 18. This trip around the whole island of Taiwan is a real adventure. The group takes coaches as well as nostalgic blue trains, reminding many of how they traveled decades ago. It brings up memories of school trips as well. I've got the school bag on my back too. Everyone was asking me, what year are you in? I haven't felt like this for ages. It's amazing. Ever since I put this high school uniform on, I've become so young. It reminds me of the girl I liked back in the day. The group stops for photos at all the picturesque spots along the coast. With their matching uniforms, they really look like one big team. Along the way, they hang out without a care in the world, young at heart. What better way to enjoy summer by the sea?